0: No matter what you're looking for in an outdoor experience, you can almost always find it at a Texas state park. While you're there, you'll also meet some amazing people who keep the parks humming. And you're going to meet one of them today on the podcast. Stay with us. From Texas Parks and Wildlife, this is Under the Texas Sky, a podcast about nature and people and the connection they share. I'm Cecilia Nasty. When you visit a Texas State Park, you are there to immerse yourself in the natural world, whether you're camping, hiking, biking, fishing, or whatever it is you do to connect with the outdoors. And if you're lucky, you even have the good fortune to meet and interact with one of our uniformed park personnel. You might wonder if any of them actually live at these amazing places. Fact is, it's not uncommon for state park managers to live on site. Abe Moore, one of my colleagues from the award-winning Texas Parks and Wildlife television series, introduces us to a man who works at South Llano River State Park and also calls it his home sweet home.
1: I did a story at Southland River State Park a while ago.
0: The main draw
2: is probably the river, which is why it gets its namesake. When
1: I met the park manager here, Scott Whitener.
2: And even though you can be sitting in the campground with 50 other campers, you only walk 100 yards and you're gonna be all alone in the woods.
1: And his passion and energy was just amazing and I just thought, what a character. He lives here at the state park, he works here, he plays here, so I thought
2: he might be just a fun story. So that's what we're doing. It is uh, 7.45 a.m. and it's uh, time to go to work.
1: Scott's the kind of guy that would be right at home in the pages of any outdoor catalog.
2: Leaving home and open the gate. I think I can count the paces, about, about 25 feet. And we're at work.
1: (laughs) The park's headquarters is an old ranch house.
2: Morning, Regina.
1: And Scott manages a staff of seven to nine folks, depending on the time of year. Open the
2: office up so we can start getting everybody checked in. How you doing, sir? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I have a reservation. All right. You gotta make sure you're there for, for your people. Sometimes that means I'm the front desk guy. Last week it was uh, when I got a sick a sick employee, I'm the only one here. Doesn't matter how busy or slow it is, you still gotta serve people that walk through the door. So would you prefer something on the backside, side? Uh, like over here where the bird blinds are? Yeah. Okay, go. let me see if I can move you somewhere
1: over there. I'm surprised you're not a birder, Scott. How
2: come? I didn't start out a birder. I've learned more about birds than the two years I've been here than I think I knew for my first 43 years of life. And uh, I learned the hard way by thinking that certain birds were not real. Uh, What do you mean? Uh, Somebody said that we had a yellow-billed cuckoo, and I said, "Nah, that's not a real bird. (laughs) And uh, and then they showed me on the list and showed me the pictures of the yellow-billed cuckoo and said, you're an idiot. (laughs)
1: Scott's road to South Lana River State Park was a windy one.
2: Well, I moved to Austin when I was 19, I guess. I finally got a job on an Alaskan fishing boat. Went to Lake Tahoe, trim all the trees on these forest roads. A job working on an organic farm in upstate New York. Drive cross country and hit a bunch of national parks and spent three months traveling around in Guatemala by myself. Kind of all building up to one thing, which was I'm gonna have to figure out something eventually that I'm gonna do for the rest of my life. And I did all this before I turned 30.
1: He eventually went back to college, got a degree, and started teaching.
2: I've taught kids with autism, cerebral palsy, and uh, I won teacher of the year. You did? Yeah, won teacher of the year, and then the next year I quit because of stress.
1: So at 39, he took a $9 an hour seasonal clerk position at Enchanted Rock State Natural Area.
2: Literally the day I started Enchanted Rock, it was like, I wanna know how you're doing this and I wanna learn every aspect of how this works. My former supervisor just said, "You know, Scott, this isn't rocket science. It's about how you deal with people. I stopped letting all the technical stuff get to me and started, well, yeah, I can work with people. So we're walking towards the camping loop where everybody's down in this one little section of the park uh, of 58 some odd campsites.
1: Who's the dog?
2: The dog is Lulu. Lulu the wonder dog. Lulu! Say hi. Say hi. Kind of my nightly thing is just to uh, take the dog. Gives me an excuse not only to walk the dog but to check on uh, people that are staying with us. Oh, Steve what's going on Steve okay. how are you sir all right welcome back good to well, see well you. welcome back dear
0: we're so glad good to see to you
2: Karen and Stephen Grasty they're all right. veteran park hosts veteran huh veteran by all means a little bit experience under our belt <laughs> just a
0: little yeah, yeah. So <laughs> tell me for
1: someone that's new to this park what's this park like
2: It's fantastic fantastic park beautiful beautiful in the sp- spring when the birds start coming back and all that this is beautiful And we've got some deer coming in, you know, in and out, so... Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you for your time.
1: (laughs) Bye, y'all. Nice to meet you. We'll see you
2: later. Welcome home.
1: Nature calls to Scott.
2: (laughs) Lulu, hey.
1: That's a big one. And on this walk, it calls to Lulu, too.
2: Yeah, this is the worst part about walking the dog and having to follow your own rules. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big one. Out of that little dog, I'm telling you, man. This dog is regular. (laughs) Nasty. Nasty.
1: And tonight, even after a quick dog walk, there's still enough time to get in a bike ride.
2: It takes 10 seconds to get to the trailhead from the back door. That's one of those nice things about living in the park. (laughs) That's how far I have to go to get on the trail.
1: Is this the way to your favorite spot?
2: Oh, absolutely. As soon as we uh, pass one trail, you're in my favorite spot, I'd say.
1: Really? <laughs> These trails twist and turn and seem to go for miles. You know, if you
2: got 18, 19 miles of trail in the backcountry, you rarely see a person, which is what it's all about.
1: Which is good for Scott. He needs the miles to prep for ultra marathons. I guess you're not training now, are you, or you are?
2: Uh, I guess you're always training. You're just training to finish. <laughs> People ask me before, it's like, how does it feel running 50 miles? Well, it hurts. (laughs) It hurts. I will admit, I've never come in dead last, but uh, I will always finish. It just might not be pretty.
1: (laughs) And as the sun sets on my visit, we finally arrive at one of Scott's favorite spots. How far, if you wanted to do the primitive, would you have to walk to get back here? a mile, Um, mile and a half?
2: A little over a mile and a half. Yeah. I always tell people to do bike in camping. If you can fit a backpack with a tent on your back, ride everything in. It's much faster. Most people look at Primitive as like the afterthought because they couldn't get anything else that was more convenient. And uh, I would say this would be my ideal campsite. It's pretty peaceful back here.
1: I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, this is the perfect bike in... Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't want to tell anybody. The wonderful thing about Southland River State Park and why people should care about this place, uh, its you can go to the river, and I think that's what people think is the draw. They don't think about the other 2,100 acres that's back there that is just waiting to just be tapped into. That's what's so special about it because there is space to be had out here and
0: uh,
2: it's solitude and to me that's that's nature.
0: Want to experience the peace and solitude that Scott's talking about? Then check out the South Llano River State Park page on the Texas Parks and Wildlife website and learn about all the park has to offer and make your camping reservations online too. Meanwhile, I'll hope you'll have no reservations when it comes to contacting us at UnderTheTexasSky.org to share your feedback and story ideas. And so we come to the end of another podcast. Under the Texas Sky is a production of Texas Parks and Wildlife and is available at UnderTheTexasSky.org or wherever you get your podcasts. My thanks to Abe Moore for introducing us to South Llano River State Park and Scott Whitener. We record the podcast at the Blockhouse in Austin, Texas. Joel Block does our sound design. We receive distribution and web support from Susan Griswold and Benjamin Kaling. I'm your producer and host, Cecilia Nasty, reminding you that life's better outside when you are under the Texas sky.
2: I'm leaving home and opening the gate. I think I can count the paces, about about 25 feet. And we're at work.
0: (laughs) Join us again next time for Under the Texas Sky.